What's up, everybody? Welcome to In This Economy. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Sam as usual. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Matty. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for the pod. I noticed that last week I uh, did not say, let's get this bread. Oh. So I would like to Formally. confirm. I would like to firmly acknowledge that I am ready to indeed receive wow. this bread. Wow. Okay. I mean, well, now it's a real pod, right? It is. Like Before we get, star- we get started... Uh, please, everyone, subscribe to the pod. Follow us on Twitter at EconomyPod. Send us some email at InThisEconomyPod at gmail.com. Um, let's keep this thing moving. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. And to outline the show today, we are going to update on the COVID-19 saga. And it looks like there's no end in sight, but we got some updates there. We're also going to talk about how that uh, COVID story has been translating into the economy, which is not been positive unfortunately and then we're going to talk about how bad i am at political betting which is kind of an ongoing theme i've been uh this is gonna be like oh for three i think and uh and maybe one for four we'll talk about that and then sam is going to have a part two of the real estate that's right yeah we're actually uh quarantine in matt's apartment right now just avoiding covid19 as we speak yeah because it's escalating and right now there are 120,000 worldwide cases well it's it's about 120,000 probably when this gets released it'll be there and uh, there are 4,200 and change deaths around the world so it seems like right now the situation in Asia is kind of leveling off China and South Korea have kind of tapered with the number of new cases that are happening but everything outside of Asia is continuing to increase so we see Italy which is you know in a, in a rough spot right now, the whole country is pretty much in quarantine, and they now have over 10,000 cases. And we're starting to see in the U.S. that uh, some funny stuff's going on. You know, in Washington State, they, they have a lot of cases up there. And actually, in New York State, they've created a containment zone. Mm. This uh, little city called New Rochelle, which is apparently a small city just, just north of New York City, mm-hmm. um, which is starting to be called, like, the epicenter of their little outbreak, is now going to be quarantined and what that means is the national guard is actually going to be deployed to clean schools and deliver food to residents i'm a big fan of old rochelle so yeah i guess they had it coming i would rather go to old rochelle than new rochelle absolutely yeah there's 173 cases in new york and they just canceled the new york marathon which is going to be happening on march 15th this week so it's, a, it's not good. The cases are going to escalate, and we really need to see the testing increase before we figure out you know, how bad this thing really is. There's talks of Coachella being canceled for all my uh, music goers. Yeah, I actually heard they, they postponed it. Okay. Yeah. Stagecoach 2, then, I got to assume. That's coming up. Yeah, I've only heard for Coachella, but yeah, I mean, that, South by Southwest, um, there's other like scientific conferences that I'm... All of them, yeah. That are, ...that are now being canceled or postponed. I think it's... You know, webcast only yeah it's it's that kind of stuff which, yeah you know, it's just not the same feel as being person to person but it's nice not having to travel for work <laughs> yeah yeah that makes a <laughs> so that's pretty much where we're at and you know i'm going to be continuing to watch the story because the implications for the stock market are very serious the s p is down 15 percent now from the all-time highs and uh, we saw a bit of a bounce today. We're recording this on March 10th of 2020, and we just saw in the market today that there was a, about 150-point bounce in the S&P 500. And I think it's on the news that the government's going to try and bail out certain industries. Yeah, there's an $8.3 billion fund for it. Yeah, so that was, that was approved, and mm-hmm. now we're going to get additional stuff. So the White House announced, 
well, Mr. Trump himself said that he's going to try and, and do something with a payroll tax cut. I love and, that. <laughs> well, I mean, for small businesses, it's, it's good. It's, it would be brutal. Like, it really is. Like, COVID-19 is going to destroy small businesses unless they do something about it. Yeah, and uh, a payroll tax is one way to do it. Absolutely. I would, you know, I don't own a business. I would love a paycheck just, you know, signed to, to Matt. So it's true. That payroll tax would really only help small business owners. Or what, big business. Or big business owners, but it would really just help upper management. Um, you're right. I think that they need to find something to help with employees, whether that's giving more paid days off, uh, maybe altogether just doing some kind of federal tax cut. Mm. Yeah, something income, tax cut. income yeah. tax cut yeah something but I, I agree something needs to be done i think the easiest way to do it would be with with taxes more than anything else i don't think yeah. the andrew yang method of a thousand dollars per person is going to work yeah yeah i think the the government can probably you know with the amount of taxes they take in giving us a bit of a break would be nice especially in california i know that's right yeah so the other things we've been hearing is that they're talking about um, some corporate bailout stuff. I think the airline industry or maybe the cruise industry, who's been taking a serious beating, uh, might get a, a bit of a bailout package. A so, splashing, some might say. They're getting waterboarded. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that all plays out. Yeah, but everybody's really suffering. the The, the price of oil got hit pretty bad as well. We're not going to touch too much on that, but. Um, yeah, it's looking kind of dire, even though there was a bit of a bump today in the market. So You, you know what's weird? Is Procter & Gamble stock is not really doing that well when you think it would since it's impossible to buy toilet paper anywhere. Yeah, right. Their sales are through the roof. Hmm. So in theory, they're going to destroy expectations. Yeah, you think so? I, they have to, right? I don't remember a toilet paper shortage in my entire lifetime. Yeah, and I don't know if it was just Costco or... or no, I, I, my understanding is it's it's just a bulk wow. um, country thing in supermarkets hmm. and not just Costco. Really? So... Yeah, there's there's even a, a consumer staple ETF, exchange-traded fund that you could buy. And uh, I don't know what it's doing. I haven't checked it. But, you know, if, if the whole market is taking a, taking a beating, it's probably a good idea to start, you know, thinking about the kinds of names you want to pick up. If the market is taking a dump... Let's get toilet paper. You see Procter what I'm saying? And Procter and Gamble. It yeah. makes sense. It does make sense. It's very Thank refreshing. Yeah. Very refreshing thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I know for me, I'm, I'm going to be looking at certain tech stocks. I do think that the uh, supply chains are going to be kind of messed up. And, and who knows what kind of fallout is going to come from this. You know, if the United States decides that they don't really want to risk having their supply chain in China, when in four years from now, we're going to have to be dealing with the COVID COVID 2024 20, virus or something. So yeah. I don't know. I am concerned about that. But, you know, a company like Apple that just has tons of cash is probably a safer bet than some like smaller type company with less cash, even though they have their supply chain over there. So I'm kind of thinking about what I want to buy, but I'm, you know, I'm still chatting carefully because I don't know. Did we hit the bottom? Yeah. It's hard to say if we did or didn't. But I would say that when big stocks like an Apple, like a Microsoft, when those fall pretty heavy, it's usually pretty safe to buy them if you plan on holding them long term. Yeah, and even you know dollar cost averaging. If uh, if nobody has heard of that, you know that would have been a great topic to talk about today. So for those who don't know, I'll just quickly run down on that. Yeah. And um, the idea is basically instead of putting a lump sum buy to buy like ten shares, so you can only afford ten shares of Apple today, rather than buying all those ten shares immediately, you would buy one share today 
one share in a month from now, one share in two months from now, and so on until all your money's gone. And in that way, you get an average price of the la of the next year rather than a lump sum price because the stock's going to fluctuate quite a lot in the next year. So it's a bit of a way to mitigate risk. And we can probably talk about that more depth than in, in another Maybe episode. Maybe next but... week. I actually also want to get into potential supply chain um, solutions next week. Okay. What I'm seeing in my industry, which is hardware electronics, Mexico. Mm. A lot of people are starting to build factories in Mexico. Cheap labor, mm. much like China. Skilled labor, much like China. Uh, I really think that that's a pretty good country to invest in. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, cartels aside. <laughs> yeah. Breaking bad aside. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's something that I haven't considered at all, but it looks like, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if we want to be as globalized as we are. And it seems like there's already been like a push against globalization. So who knows how this COVID thing's going to shake out, no, but just be very weary of nationalism. Well, you know, <laughs> or, you know, even if it's not nationalism, but it's like continentism. Because if we just stick to Mexico, at least it's like right there, you know, we can kind of manage. What about our neighbors issues. up north? Yeah, Canada. What a country. Yeah. You know? Beautiful up there. Yeah. America's um, hat. Yeah. So it's it's kind of something to think about when you're when you're looking into the future. And we're talking like, you know, investments that are good for like ten or twenty years. So you really want to see, you know, try and try and predict in, in that kind of time frame. Predict? Yeah. Predict it? Yeah. So let's get to the uh, I'm just so down on myself on this stuff. So for those who don't remember, I, I was very proud of myself when uh, when Bernie was all the rage. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, you know, everybody was, well, not everybody, but yeah. a, good, a good portion of people really thought that he was going to take it, that it was his turn. Those people all had massive student loan debt. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> So I had bet Biden would not win the Democratic nomination. This was a, a long time ago, months ago now. And uh, now as it stands, we, we heard the results pretty much. Well, it's the exit polls, so it's very likely that the, these are going to be the results. And it looks like uh, Bernie Sanders couldn't even win Michigan today. So Biden, Joe Biden, looks like he has a pretty clear path to the nomination, and I'm going to be out my entire investment and at this point, the the Biden yes is trading at ninety cents, and I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold my no bet, meaning that you know I'm gonna lose it all if if he wins the nomination. But I'm gonna do that because I think you know Biden's an old guy, Sanders is an old guy too. <laughs> but at this point, I have nothing to lose, so I'm just gonna hold and uh, and we'll see what happens. But it's pretty clear right now that that Biden is a heavy heavy favorite. And it's going to be a head-to-head -head match between the two geriatrics, <laughs> Biden and Trump. And I don't know. It's going to be close. Well, one looks a lot healthier than the other. I mean, I don't even know which one you're talking about. They <laughs> both look like trash. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, this, uh, this COVID-19 thing so far, I don't think Trump has done a good job at all. I think if he doesn't sort of be more honest about this with the public, and he's really been minimizing it, uh, I think that Biden does stand a chance to actually overtake him. So we'll see how that shakes out. But the debates are going to be exciting. And, you know, I have to bet on that election. Speaking of vice presidents, missing on bets, all that good stuff. I want to bring back a segment that we only brought on once. Again, it's uh, a shout out to my wife who finds a nemesis everywhere she goes. Let me tell you guys, I have a nemesis of the week. It's a juicy one. 
my nemesis of the week is city employees. I can't stand city employees. And one that really got me was the sanitation people of San Diego. Mm. So for those of you who don't know, my wife and I are pregnant, which means that we are getting boxes delivered to the house on a daily basis. Our recycling, it's going wild. I'm cutting up these boxes like a madman. Our neighbor was kind enough to let me use their recycle bin as well. So here I am rocking two bins. Folding it up, trash day, they come to pick it up, and they skip over my damn recycling bin. Hmm. I call, I think, oh, honest mistake, let me see what's going on. Kay from San Diego City was not helpful at all. Had an attitude the whole time as if she was doing me a favor, answering my call that she's paid to do. And then went on this whole spiel about my bin being overfilled and they cannot pick up my trash, which is literally their job, by the way. It's their job, Matthew. And to the point of if there's risk of something falling out of your bin and they have to actually get out of their car and do their job, they won't do it. These are people yes. that get pensions, make really good salaries for having very minimal education. I can't stand these people. I can't stand city workers. You are trash. You are my nemesis of the week. Wow. Wow. That's a resounding Yeah, that's how I feel. Evaluation of that. That's how I feel. Um I want to take their pension away. We need to take city pensions okay. away. I wonder what that would take. What would we need? A petition? Uh, at the minimum, yeah. I think I need a run for Congress. Yeah, we need a petition. We need somebody on the inside who can help with this. Yeah. Is is trash still mafia-owned? God, I wish it was. Because, you know, it'd probably be simpler than having a lobby or, like, yeah. get a cannon. Yeah, just get a couple goombas. <laughs> I think those Some are, I think those are mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a goomba's a good guy. A goomba? A I think goomba. a goomba was like, a, was like an enemy in Mario. <laughs> Maybe, but there's good guys in the mafia world. There's a Goomba, a Guinea. You sure? Whoa, I don't know. I really... think that's a slur. <laughs> is it? Whoa, whoa. I mean, Apologies to all our yeah, Italian listeners. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We should have yeah. checked all this before. Yeah, Gabagool. Yeah, so I know that that's just delicious meats. Yeah. Or maybe it's prosci- a specific kind of meat. I think it's just prosciutto. Oh. Oh, but they just, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful name to it. <laughs> On that note, that is my nemesis of the week. Matt, do you happen to have a nemesis? So I, I have one, but it's cooking. Okay. My nemesis is cooking. It's uh, It's been an ongoing saga as well. A lot of sagas going on, but, you know, this one, I it's going to wrap up, and I'm going to be able to talk more. I'm going to speak more to Stay it. Stay tuned next week for Matt's nemesis of the week. Yeah. It, it will also be juicy because I might go off. I hope you and do. I, I rarely go off. I'm a very measured kind of guy, but... This is just, it's got me, it's got me waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. Yikes. Yeah. Well, you know what will help, uh, help you sleep at night? Having a great old investment. So a great old investment like real estate. Okay. So where we left off last week is we had just made a theoretical offer on a $500,000 fourplex. Right. And we were just talking about the buyer contract. So, just quick re- recap is in this particular scenario, 
Uh, we have just sent in an offer and we had talked about how the general deposit, which is refundable, is usually roughly $10,000. Uh, that's all negotiated with your realtor before you send the offer, but generally that's a very common number is that $10,000. So again, this is assuming that you're taking out a loan. So this is assuming that you are putting 25% down on your investment. And in this particular case, let's assume that we're gonna have a standard escrow. An escrow is normally 30 days. What escrow is, is basically people, it kind of acts like a bank, a mediary that holds your money and holds the essentially the keys for you and holds it for the seller as well. It's basically a mediary that safeguards everything, make sure all paperwork is correct, make sure that no one essentially gets screwed is the best way to put it. They make sure that no one can steal your deposit. They make sure that if the seller's not doing what they're supposed to on their end, they're not gonna get paid. So it's just a, a safeguard basically for your money. So generally a escrow is 30 days and then when you put an offer in, you have what's called a grace period. So it's it's a time to check on the property, make sure what you're buying is actually what they're selling. So that's normally when an inspection is done. And this is when you dot your I's and cross your T's. So this is when you have someone come in and they check everything about this place, the roof, if the electricity works, if the water works, if there's leaks, if there's stuff you have to fix for safety, if there's stuff you have to fix to coat, basically everything. It's telling you if you're gonna buy a piece of crap or if your building's good to go, if you're gonna have to sink a bunch of money into this place, which you might have to do if you got a really good deal, and sometimes that's accepted. There was a property that I recently bought that I got a $40,000 discount on for buying it, right? And as soon as we got the inspection, turned out I had roughly $8,000 worth of work that I had to do almost immediately to make it up to code. So when you do the math on that, it kind of worked out in my favor still because if the place was $40,000 more expensive, I would have to put $10,000 more down as my down payment. So really I kind of saved $2,000 in this particular case. So that's all something to consider, but just understand that when someone does an inspection on your place, they're gonna find something wrong no matter what. Their job is to find something wrong. The key is understanding what needs to be fixed what doesn't and a lot of times you could talk with your property management and they'll tell you what they believe should get fixed what can wait a little while and you can make your judgment but this is a very very important period for you and this is probably the time where you decide all right i'm gonna back out all right i'm going full throttle i'm in on this some paperwork to get ready during the escrow process is your loan approval paperwork. So make sure you have two years worth of W-2s at a minimum. Make sure you have all your liabilities, meaning if you have other buildings, make sure you have all the leases for those. Make sure you have all the mortgages, all the insurance, all of that stuff. Make sure that you have all your credit card debt under control or you have an explanation for why you don't. So this is the time where they're going to scrutinize all your spending, all your bank accounts. You got any large deposits, anything like that prepare to be questioned for it. Understand that you cannot get a loan if your down payment money was given to you as a gift. So 
there's ways to kind of work around this, but for the most part, the best way to put it is understand that anybody that gives you money more than $10,000 at a time, so whether it's a wedding gift from your parents to help pay for the wedding, whatever it is, um, just understand you'll have to explain it, and if it's over $10,000, the bank is going to question it, so make sure you have a, a reason for it. So in this process, we are through their inspection. Everything's good. You have gotten all your paperwork together, and now this is day 30. You have to wire the money, the rest of the deposit, your closing costs, which, again, throw in an extra like $10,000 on what your uh, down payment was. So I also want to make clear that that $10,000 deposit you started with is part of your down payment, so it's not like $10,000 extra. But there are closing costs, escrow costs. They might throw your insurance cost in there. And there'll be some some bills that could be explained by your escrow company. Every company's different. So you've closed. Congratulations. Yes. Now the real work starts, right? Uh, so we have to make sure that we know what we're paying as far as bills. Are you paying the bills? Are the tenants paying the bills? You have already signed your contract for property management. They know exactly where they're transferring the money when they get rent. You make sure that no one's delinquent on rents. All that stuff, which sounds super simple, the first month's kind of a nightmare. You're trying to wrangle everything up. You're trying to make sure that you're going to make your money back. If it's your first property, you're anxious as hell. Just want to let you guys know that this is all normal. It's fine. Breathe through it. Ask your property management all the questions you want. They're getting paid for this. So just understand the first two or three months with all the fixes you'll likely have to do, you probably won't be profitable at first. Understand that this is a long-term thing. You likely won't lose money, but you likely won't make it for the first couple of months. Also understand that there is no way this building goes from 500000 to zero. Okay? It's... Land is worth a certain amount of money no matter what. Um, your building is has materials in it that are worth a certain amount of money. This is a very safe investment. This isn't the same as those people in 2009 who were buying million-dollar homes when they were making $60,000 a month. There's no more predatory lending. It's very hard to get a loan. So if you're a little worried about you know, dipping your toes in the water don't be just go ahead try it out and i think you will be very happy with the results in a couple of years so when it comes i just want to interrupt here yeah. when it comes to inspection you know i think some people might rely on it too much and feel like maybe a false sense of security but they're not able to check like everything right i mean can you elaborate on what you mean by everything well i just mean you know a foundational problem say the basement's finished I know we're in California. Yeah, there's no basements. Now, what if you're buying in a state that does have a basement? <laughs> and say it's a finished basement. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know there's some technology out there that might allow them to do that. But, you know, say there's like a little crack in the foundation. So they check for they check for water damage. Okay. But say it's it's such a small crack. I don't know. I'm just I'm just envisioning something. You know, you think home inspection is... is so it's not it doesn't catch everything but it catches a whole lot yeah, it catches okay. anything that's obvious Correct. so and if there's reason to believe that there might be stuff that, that is not obvious mm -hmm. for example like a piping issue they'll actually probably advise certain 
certain measures. Like mm. when I got my property or my house, rather, when I bought my, my own house, we had a, it's a very old house and we had a tree with roots growing into the potential mm. plumbing. I was advised to scope my actual plumbing to see if the roots were getting in the way and pushing the pipes. Oh, wow. So that's not part of their inspection, but if they right. see something that could potentially mm-hmm. be an issue down the line, they do advise. Okay. So I guess, you know, if there's like a step more, if I invited like a general contractor, say I had a friend. Who's I think a that's overkill. You think that's overkill? Okay. I really do. I, I think you, you go into inspection you see if anything kind of sticks out. What I mean by anything sticking out is like blatant, right. obvious issues. Yo, this roof is going to fall in right. like six months. This cannot stand a storm. Or this ceiling is going to collapse. Or this door doesn't close. Or the electricity is wired off. Things like that, those are those are either deal breakers or those are reasons why you got a discount. There's no reason to have a general contractor come out with you. You also have to remember, you're not living here, right? Like this, this is just a vehicle for you to make money. It's great to care and it's great to want to have a a good building and to give people home. You don't want to be a slumlord by any means, right? So you want to take care of what you need to, but it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be comfortably livable. Mm -hmm. And that's something to consider, which next week I'll go into why I think purchasing an investment property is much better than purchasing a home for yourself and this actually has a role in that as well when you're when you're quickly to answer this when you're buying for yourself you want it to be perfect you want it to be everything you could possibly want in a home you want when it's an investment property you just want it to make you money mm-hmm. so um I'm going to stop there when it comes to the real estate. We've essentially successfully purchased a home. I highly recommend that anyone out there who's kind of weary about about it, who's wanting to dip their toes in but is just scared, I'd say do it. I, I do not think you will regret it. I do not think that prices are going to drop that much. I think real estate is a pretty safe bet no matter what. So uh, go in. Get yourself a property. All right. I mean, I'm thinking about it. It's my goal for 2020 to uh, to jump into this game. So I'm uh, I'm hanging on every word. Good. Yeah, I, I'm glad you are. And uh, I know last week you actually asked me about a partnership um, yeah. and if it's a good idea to, to go about it. So I did poo-poo it a little bit. You did. And I want to walk that back just a little bit. So there are ways that you could turn a partnership into a more profitable endeavor. Mm-hmm. And again, you just have to play the numbers out. Mm-hmm. I personally still would prefer to buy a property myself without partnership. That being said, I can understand mitigating risk. Or what you can do is you guys could actually buy a property outright, so no loan. Right. And then you guys could refinance that place mm. and purchase another property with that refinanced cash. Right. So there's ways to kind of turn one property into two with a partnership. If you guys are cash heavy, mm-hmm. that could make it worth your while. Hmm. Yeah. So that's something to consider. I like that. Tur- turtles all the way down. Properties all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's own an entire city <laughs> and then we'll fire every city worker who goes against us. There we go. That's a, that's a multiple stone. <laughs> two stones, one bird. Yeah. 
Two birds, one stone. Four stones, seven birds. (laughs) (laughs) However many we can do. Yeah. On that note, guys, speaking of birds, stones, how about five stars? Give it to us. Subscribe to the pod. Tell a friend. This is the kind of content that everyone craves. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at EconomyPod. Any questions, if you guys have a particular property you want me to take a look at, go ahead and email us at intheseconomypod at gmail.com. I'm happy to give you my two cents on it. Um, yeah, that's all I got, Matt. Yeah, no, that's great. That's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Thank- I just want to thank everybody for listening. appreciate all the support, and we'll see you next time. All right. <laughs>